Good morning. My name is Larkin, and as Drew told you, I'm not the usual pulpit speaker here at the gathering. So I thought I would start off with some corporate legal advice, because I know that's what people are looking for when they come to church in a warehouse. <laughs> so a new CEO comes in, he's meeting his wizened corporate counsel. He looks at him and he says, listen, it's your show. You're the boss. Dance like no one's looking. But when you email, text, or tweet, remember, it's going to be read aloud in court. And I offer this advice because we are already speaking before a judge, and we are deploying words of incredible power. And I don't want you to come away from this timid or afraid of the power of your words, but I do want you to think about it and deliberate and respectful of that power. Careful like a soldier is careful with a rifle. Careful and deliberate like a surgeon is deliberate with a scalpel. If you would, uh, turn with me in your Bibles. Uh, there's black ones there if you don't have one. Um, to Proverbs 18.21. This is where we're going to be living this morning. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will reap its fruit. Life and death. This is not no big deal. There is no just talk. This is the incredible power of the words that we speak when we speak to others, when we speak to ourselves, when we think no one is listening. Our words are not harmless, and neither are they powerless. They have the power of life and death. They've been given to us as a gift to teach and nourish and praise and disciple and worship, to wield as carefully as we would a sword, and to give as generously as we would any financial blessing. Please pray with me. Lord, bless this time we have together. Guard our lips and guide our tongues. Grant us discerning hearts and wise ears attuned to your spirit. Amen. All through my study of this verse and the whole book of Proverbs, um, one message has jumped out to me. And it's that a lot of us starting with me, ought to talk a lot less. Obviously, I'm going to start tomorrow, because today, I'm going to stand up here and talk a lot. Um, so I hope you can give me grace for that. Um, but I firmly believe that Scripture emphasizes things that are hard, things that we have to get through our heads and into our hearts, things that don't come naturally. So where I see repetition, and I've seen this throughout Proverbs, I feel like that says pay attention. This is a thing that will not come naturally to you. This is a thing, there's a good chance you're doing it wrong now. There's a good chance that this is not your first instinct. And that's why the, the authors of Proverbs, that's why we have this wisdom. That's why God is pounding this into us. Um, this is something that we need to sit up and take seriously. And I think 
when I ask why is it that there's so much emphasis on this deliberation, on this care with our words, why are so many of the verses geared towards not talking too much? I think there's two reasons. The first is, it's hard to be deliberate when you're talking 1,000 miles a minute. You cannot weigh and measure 1,000 things at once. And the more and faster you talk, the less weighed and measured and deliberate you can be. And the second is, it's really hard to listen when you're talking. When we talk, we are at risk to crowd out the wisdom of those around us, to crowd out the bits of wisdom that we've been given, and to crowd out the voice of the Spirit. And we're going to see just a few of the verses that I've been talking about that I think will really start to drive home why it's so important for us to be careful and deliberate and at the same time generous with our words. All right, these first couple are going to come at you hard. So when words are many, sin is not absent. Reckless words pierce like a sword. A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. I'm going to be straight. You don't drive carelessly, don't talk carelessly. Inadvertent damage is still damage. When somebody gets sideswiped by the things that you are saying, that car is in the body shop, and it doesn't really matter if you meant it or not. It is just as hurt. And I would encourage you, think back to someone's thoughtless first reaction, their instinctive sureness that they know about your situation, that they can tell you exactly what you need to hear, that time that you were rocked back by somebody's flippant statement, um, that time that it left a mark, and know that you probably are the one doing the marking sometimes. I know that I am. Without meaning to, or maybe meaning to without admitting it, we slice right into people. People we know, people we love, people we're mad at. There's power in our words, and we have got to deploy them appropriately. Those are the consequences for others of our sometimes careless language, but I want to take a second and drill into the consequences for us. That last verse, a fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. A snare is a trap that we don't see, that's pulling us down before we even know it's there. And it's a trap that we build with, it's a trap of our own making, built bit by bit as we reinforce paths in our mind and habits in our heart by the words that we speak. Every time we say it, we are writing it, not just on other people, but on our mind and on our heart, and it gets easier to say the next time. It's where we go the next time because we've built that path. And these ill-considered words can take us down. They go down into our inmost parts, embittering, hardening, and God hears them all. Okay, so here's the second thing. It's not enough just to avoid damaging words. Empty words are a problem too. Conversational space is not infinite. If you're filling it up with empty words, there is no room for the wisdom of the people around you, for your own wisdom, for the wisdom of those that exercise restraint. And we see that here as well. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. He who answers without listening 
That is his shame and folly. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Especially that last one, the first time I read it. And that was a rock back. I have delighted in airing my own opinions. Um, I'm sorry to the members of the Westside Gospel community. A few times too many. Um, but I think about every time now, I want to think about, I encourage you to think about, does this need to be said? Is this beneficial? Am I crowding out somebody else's wisdom? Because that's the flip side. There are voices that we need to hear more. The tongue also has the power of life. It's not just the tongue has the power of death. Don't ever use it. The tongue has the power of life. We need to use it. We are given it as a gift. We have a gift to others that's not ours to withhold. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. The lips of the righteous nourish many. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. So we've got Proverbs that say, talk more. There are voices that we need to hear more. Think about a person in your life that you talk to every single time, and you can't help but come away encouraged. Somebody that you trust with joy and heartbreak, who always makes you feel heard and seen and loved no matter what. That's a voice we need. Those words can be a blessing that shouldn't be withheld. Think about somebody in your gospel community that doesn't answer every question, but when they do, buckle up. There's wisdom coming. We have to leave room for that, and we need those people to step up a little more. So, here we are. Talk less, talk more. It wouldn't be church if it was easy. Uh, how are you supposed to know? How are we supposed to know when to apply which of these Proverbs? How can we find a way to speak not more or less, but better? To have a higher percentage of these words be the nourishing, life-giving, wisdom-offering righteousness that we have an opportunity to speak and to minimize the damage that we're doing. I think there are three ways that we can weigh and test our words as we try and move closer and closer to maximizing the nourishing and minimizing the harm and the emptiness. First, we check with Scripture. In Philippians, Paul teaches, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. The words that you speak are the things that you are putting out for your brothers and sisters to think on. You say it to somebody, it's out there for them. Check it. Is it noble? Is it pure? Is it true? Are your words something you would want your brothers and sisters to be thinking on? Or are they a stumbling block? Next, we test it by the Spirit. In Matthew, Jesus says, But I tell you that men will give account for every careless word they have spoken. By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. We're given a conscience that pricks us. And by pausing to ask, is this a word I want to answer for? Am I going to feel good at this recounting when I, when I make that recounting? I think you'll know. I think that's where you get that check of, mm, I would not feel good on that one. This is not something I want to stand up and recount. This is not something that I'll be proud to hear again before the judge. And that's an opportunity. That's a way to test, to know, is this 
going to be nourishing? Is this going to be healing or is this damage or emptiness? And finally, test the fruit of your words. Are the results in others crushing or nourishing? Hurting or healing? Are you speaking life and seeing people flourish? And I want to emphasize here, we're talking about checking the fruit, not the intent. If you mean to help and you keep hurting, stop. But if you look around and you see people come to you and walk away encouraged, that's a blessing you've been given. Give it more. If you have words in your heart that can heal, that can provide wisdom, that can move people forward, that can make people know that they are loved and grow the kingdom, that's a gift that should spill out abundantly. And you'll see it in the fruit. I want to close by talking about a man who spoke life into me in a pretty literal way. John Benihoffen was a young medic who deployed with me to Afghanistan in 2010. Benny was irrepressible, always ready to go on patrol, always with a great attitude, always trying to get a little better, always ready to help. We had been in Afghanistan together for seven months. And the day I was wounded, I remember just screaming. And Benny getting there impossibly fast. And he had a lot of work to do. But as grateful as I am for his technical competence as a combat medic, the thing that I remember to this day was him talking to me. He was asking me about my wife. He was talking about football. He was talking about anything except for the pretty awful shape that I was in. With the power of his words, he banished any doubt that I was going to be anything other than okay and on my way home. And in speaking that, I believe he made it so. So as we prepare to go out this week, I want to leave you with a couple of ways to be like Benny, to speak life into those around you, to be a voice of healing and wisdom and righteousness. First, I would say, let's start the day praying Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If we want this to be true, we can ask for it to be true. Ask God to put nourishing words in your mouth for others. Ask him to block the things that he doesn't want out. Second, check the fruit of your mouth. Is it healing and wisdom? Are you saying things that need to be said? As you go out, let's make a special effort this week to be watching for the results, for the fruit of the things that we're saying. And finally, thank someone who has spoken healing into your life. I have a lot of thank yous uh, to give out this week, and I think there is special power in gratitude, in encouraging the people that do this well. Let them know so that they can continue to do it more, and that you could seek to emulate them to be more like that person who has 
spoken that healing or wisdom or nourishment and encouragement into your life. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Help us to speak wisdom and healing to those around us as we seek to grow your kingdom. Amen.